You guys, this is my friend, Melody Bradley. We were co-workers at one point. We are co-workers no longer, but we are still friends. And she was my support system <laughs> at work. It was so great just to be able to walk around the corner and get my boost of energy. And when I say boost of energy, I mean, I could be frazzled. And I would go sit in her office. She had a chair by the door and I would sit there and write out my to-do list because if I tried to do that in my own office, it just wouldn't get done. And I would find myself just sitting and staring into space, wondering about all of the horrible choices I've made in life that got me to this place called Confucians. <laughs> I'm so grateful to say that even though we work in different entities now, I can still call her, FaceTime her, text her. She is intentional about her friendships. And so I want to welcome you to Transitions with Dr. Tam. Thank you, Melody. Thank you, Dr. Sam. Happy to be here. It's so great to be here. So this month, what we've been talking about is how sometimes we go through a thing. We've tried it one time. It didn't work out the first time. But then this next time, we just dare to do it again, and it feels different. So one of the things that I really admire about you is just this leap of faith that you've been able to take on with this whole new job. You've been working in the same district for years, for years, and have held different positions within that district. But this opportunity felt different for you. So let us know what it is that you are doing, and then I'll ask some more questions as you talk to us about your journey. So currently I am getting to serve as the director of special education for Eagle Mountain. Wait a minute, you are the what? Director. Let's go, <laughs> director. <laughs> so excited. Listen. Yes, of uh, special education yeah. for Eagle Mountain Saginaw ISD in the Northern Fort Worth area of DFW. And I don't know, I don't know what I thought the director was going to do, mm -hmm. but I am enjoying my responsibilities thus far. Very welcoming environment. Great boss, great teammates, yeah. interacting with some excellent service providers and our service support staff and our campus teachers and administrators. So just having a great time trying to make some impact and help impact some children so they can go out into the world and carry out their gifts. I love it. I love it. Have you been in the director role before in your career? I have not. This is my first opportunity. I served as a coordinator and a coin that I think is underutilized as a teacher leader for many years, but this is my first time being a director. I love it. So you went from teacher to coordinator for some time on a campus to director within the entire district. Yes, ma'am. Yes, okay. So can we all say, look at God? <laughs> How do you feel your role as a coordinator and a teacher prepared you for this directorship? It was everything. I think that I probably had leadership qualities or skills that people have seen in me since childhood, and they have just developed over time in uh, opportunities and positions and situations. I think probably in the last five years of my career, some opportunities and situations have been very instrumental to prepare me to, to lead in this capacity. I, I think that oftentimes we wait for positions or titles to, to be leaders, but that's something that my mother was very intentional about um, service. 
uh, with my sister and I. And I think that understanding service and, and lending your hand where there is a need or offering your gifts, talents, time, and resources to uh, make spaces better than you found them is something that has grounded me in everything that I do, not just professional. So that stint on leadership with some opportunities have prepared me to be where I am. Yeah, I think that a lot of who I am, again, I am not a a person who actually pursues jobs with that whole behind the screen and looking for your next move, just very patient and allowing God to present me with things. My prayers often make things very plain for me. I don't, I don't have a lot of energy to, to try to figure out if this is right. So I want them very yeah. plain and God has done that for me Absolutely. over and over and over again. Over and over. One, one thing that you said that I know to be true about you, because I'm going to let everybody know that you're playing humble. <laughs> <laughs> and you are a very humble person, but let me gas you up. So you've never needed a title. You've never needed a title to really just be the leader that you are. You have a commanding presence and you are gentle with it. So you'll have some people who are trying to be a leader. And so they're loud and they're boisterous and they come with all these innovative ideas that don't work. Right. <laughs> Whereas you, you're very gentle about it. And you're very loving about it. So people gravitate toward you because they know that you are a soft place to land. You come with great ideas all the time and not just professionally, just in life. Your leadership is one that makes people, people like to follow you because you're, you're kind. You are hilarious. <laughs> I love that you can softly correct people toward a, a certain outcome. In, in a way that makes them want to do it. No one feels rebuked or chastised after they've been with you. They're like, yeah, that's a great idea. And later on, they think about it. It's like, you know what? I think she just told me I was dumb. <laughs> no, don't do I may have just been told I was dumb, but the way she did it, I received it. And then you walk around and you're like, yeah, she told me my idea was terrible and she was right. And I'm going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I have had some some great people. I, I often speak about my mother, but um, some great, I have a, a, a huge, wonderful village of people. Yeah. And, and I think that leadership for me is always about inspiration and empowerment. And I yeah. want the people around me to do that for me. And so I strive to do that for other people. And yeah. I think the best thing that we can ever do is grow the group. Yeah, for so sure. I'm very intentional about that. I think that oftentimes we don't think about ourselves and I'm guilty of it as the wonderful creations that we are and the gifts that we bring to situations. I don't ever wake up thinking about going to, uh, to be great on mm -hmm. to my prayer is God use me the way that you see fit and yeah. keep me from doing things of myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I am very human and, as you said, hilarious and have shortcomings and a wit that cannot be uh, or that can be uh, very cutting. So I have to be intentional about that, too. So just. Yeah. Let's talk about your shortcomings a little bit. <laughs> All right. So what? one of your shortcomings that we should highlight is, is hair. Oh, now, geez. you are looking fabulous right now, but I can guarantee you that somebody else did it. Somebody else what? Who did your hair? Oh, Alexis. Alexis always, if it's straight, it came from Alexis. And That's I really good. Can't stand, I can't stand this. I think I look like a 21st century version of Coretta Scott King. And it's, it's okay. Not, I'm about to log off. It's not moving me. So 
I'm gonna love you all. It, look, if this is gonna be a a, a visual, not it even, is an audit, <laughs> auditory situation. People forgive me. I I like braids. I don't know. It's oh my gosh, a twenty first century version of Coretta Scott King. It, that's what this flip and all. Yeah, that's exactly what this looks like to me. And it, well, it, it has body yaddy yaddy. That's all that it, matters. It does, but you know. It does. Okay, so how long is this going to last? <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. I'm going to try to make it. I think I got my hair done Tuesday. So it's almost a week, and I haven't Let's even go. pulled it back or Let's go. found the next situation. So we're going to see how long it lasts. You guys, when I tell you that there were moments where <laughs> we would draw the shade down in my office, Melody would come to work with bobby pins and all of the things, and we would take our time off to do an updo real quick because she had an event coming up and this updo was necessary. And Bradley had no clue as to how to get her hair up. This is when you had your long braids. So sweet 103. (laughs) Long one salon, sweet 103. We would take care of her hair and it would take all of 15 minutes. Yep. And we, we would make, make hair happen. And then we had to would... make Dr. Chan's uh, transferable skills happen. <laughs> I am a stylist and the doctor, the resident doctor. You all are, you all are <laughs> for sure. Yes. I don't, I don't know. Years ago at my mother's home, I, I did have great hair skills. And yeah. over time, I have lost them. I have absolutely lost them. Well, you're a born and mom the patience, too. Yes. And the patience for hair as well. Yeah. And I'm married to a barber. Yeah, so, yeah. So he's taking over the hair stuff for you. Yep. Yeah, and you and you have a son, so it's not like well, your son has a lot he of hair. Has hair. Yes. Yeah. He, does. he has a lot of hair. So he you decided in sixth grade that hair length was something for him. So yeah, he quickly learned that his mama was not the person to do his hair. There was one incident where I spent time to twist his hair, and it took about three hours. And in less than twenty four hours, he had taken it down. This and is so, hilarious. Yeah. I was flabbergasted as to why that had happened. <laughs> what had happened was, what? <laughs> you know what? Next time you need to pay, have your father pay someone to do your hair. That that needs to be their profession or their love. Because that wasn't going to be you again. I don't know. You can't waste my time like that no more. Mm-mm. 24 hours? No. I'm good. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Why did he take it down? He said it was too flat. Well, that's what twists are. It's flat hair. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. We didn't have a okay, so We're not doing it again. Oh, never. That's hilarious. How long ago was that? He was either ninth grade. He's 20. Ma'am. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was for real. Grown up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was real for real. My feelings were hurt. Like, I spent three hours to do your hair, and you took it down in less than four hours. Do you know how much mental talk to get through it, to commit to it, and you couldn't even leave it up for 24 hours? Um, and then you didn't even talk to me about it. I just had to see that you had taken all my hard work down. Hmm. Never again. Never. You should probably describe your son. He is how old? He is 20 years old. How tall is he? Ian is either 6'1 or 6'2, and I'm not. <laughs> yes, and he You're has not. Uh, a very muscular physique. Yes, very, very, I mean, a big boy. 
I don't know which sport I want to place him in. He looks like a basketball player who also coaches football. I mean, he's a big boy. Yes, yes. And I asked him for some workout tips because that's when I was very much into lifting. And so I asked him, what do you think I can do? Because I just wasn't seeing the weight shed the way I wanted to or my body composition happen the way I wanted to. And so I want to say somebody around had some donuts. I did admit to him that I ate them. And he was like, so that's counterproductive. <laughs> when right. I tell you, he just gave it to me straight. And so I realized that that is your child because that is definitely you. And I asked him, I said, I have a very serious question I want to ask you. What is wrong with your mother? What's her problem? And his response was, I really don't know, but that is a great question. (laughs) (laughs) But what I do want to ask you, because I know you can't answer that question either. Tell me, is there any level of like awakening? Is there an epiphany that you've discovered just in this tenure with your new promotion? So I guess the epiphany for me was the pace change. I guess I've never really given a whole lot of thought to what the people at central office or administration do every day, especially looking at the job description, you know, but it's a much slower pace. And the the epiphany there is my decisions now not only impact 300 students, but 24,000. And so I should take some time to think about the decisions and the processes and things that uh, I am now responsible for because there is a a much bigger impact. So I I guess that's my biggest epiphany is the pace change and the the impact, um, level of impact that I'm having. For Um, sure. And I guess also too, and it, it gets me every time and I'm trying to, I have face issues, I have my face fixed because I, mentally I should now be prepared for it. When you walk into spaces now uh, with, with the title comes the, I guess, uncomfortableness or the spine straightening that yeah. we give those okay. in leadership and that I've become one of those, right? Gotcha. Um, Ooh, so good. that is the epiphany of I'm I'm just like y'all kind of thing of making sure people feel comfortable in a way and accepting the respect that comes with that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The uh the other epiphany. Not to remove it, but you know, make people feel comfortable and let them know that I am very human. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and working with you for you and serving yeah. you as you serve our students. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I like that she said that because the higher up you move, the further away you are from where you started, but you're absolutely right. Um, people kind of sometimes see you differently. You know, when you hold different titles, even though you're the same Bradley that has been existing, it comes with a different reverence, fear, opinion. And sometimes those opinions aren't necessarily favorable because again, you're one of those. And I think my first time experiencing that was kind of daunting because now I have to give directives. I have to put due dates on people's calendars and expect it done and have a conversation when it doesn't get done. And it comes with a, oh, you're one of those. And it's like, actually, you're one of those. (laughs) And so I think that is very interesting that, you know, I can't, 
I don't get to roll my eyes the way I used to because people are now watching not just what you do, but how you do it, your disposition. And so you gotta, you gotta wear, you gotta wear that cape a little bit more. I do, I do. And I, my cut up spirit has to be limited being the, the back of the room, uh, pew Christian kind of my natural gravitate to the back. So now I sit in the front and that kind of yeah. thing. So you're absolutely correct. There is a lot of thought right here about yeah. keeping my face fixed and not rolling my eyes. And oftentimes I, I really don't know that I'm rolling my eyes, but I am mm-hmm, mm-hmm, trying mm-hmm. to think about not rolling them because yeah. I don't want that uh, perception. And, and, you know, as a child and even as a wife for 23 years, I've really tried to explain that it's just, I'm in thought and confusion and I think that's how my body is responding yeah. to this really not a intentional disrespect to anyone. But right. I guess people on the receiving end, i.e. my mother and my husband, don't receive that message. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I am, I'm still working on it. It's been a, a 46-year process, so. Yeah, yeah. I'll be patient. Yeah. I'll be patient. <laughs> be patient. Y'all be patient. <laughs> well, I like that, though. Because oftentimes the same can be true about respect. We have to be intentional about that too. And sometimes we're leaving it up to ourselves or to others to make that their natural inclination. But what I've learned just being from the East Coast, respect looks differently up North than it does down here in the South. And I had to figure out that Southern hospitality because I did not come to Texas with that. I came to Texas with what's up and what's up was sufficient. And so when I got here and people were telling me that I was unapproachable, that was hurtful. I am a ball of insecurities, first of all. So it's like, no, I didn't want people to have that perception. So I had to embody a persona that would not give off that perception. And it was literal physical things that I did differently. Like if I'm approaching someone, make eye contact, lift my eyebrows, Okay, because I have a natural scowl. And if I'm walking around like this with my eyebrows frowned, most of the time it's because the sun is in my eyes or I'm in deep thought. So I'm not even cognizant that I'm frowning, but I had to be intentional about lifting, raising my eyebrows so that you wouldn't see this lines going on in my forehead. Right. And people wouldn't think that I was being abrasive toward them or anything. Also, I'm a morning person, but I'm not necessarily a hangout with folks in the morning person. I'm a run my errands in the morning person. I may sit at my desk and knock out all these emails in the morning person. So I had to physically tell myself before I get out of the car, speak to people, say good morning, initiate the conversation, but also keep walking. Cause if you stop, they're going to be like, Hey, can I ask you a question real quick? And then your rudeness comes back out. Uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> But it was very physical and tangible things. So now I'm on the end of when people say, well, that's just the way I am. I'm too old to change. Well, that was a choice. You not changing for the betterment of the population that you serve was a decision you made because you actually can. And I say that because I had to. So I'm loving the fact that you are intentional about what respect looks like from this level, because much is given, much is required. You've been given this incredible responsibility. God and people have trusted you with this promotion. So the last thing we want to do is have the title and have the power, but not possess the patience 
and the presence that people need in order for them to feel like they can come to you. So I'm loving your intentionality behind fixing your face. <laughs> Absolutely. I can just say amen to that. I'll just give one brief example. When I was in the classroom, natural stance for me is just to stand or sit with my arms. Did you see open. how I just crossed my arms? Yeah. Same. Same. And my kids, I used to do surveys with my students, uh -huh. right? And open-ended, please address anything that was not covered in the questions above. And why you stand with your arms folded? Or we don't like that your arms are folded. Or you, you look mean mm -hmm. when you stand with your arms folded. Child, mm -hmm. I was just trying to cover up my big boots, right? Insecurity, mm -hmm. that was just the mechanism that yeah. came with it. But the yeah. perception to my students, especially when they were unfamiliar, was I was mean. So I had gotcha. to adjust. Thank God for dresses with pockets and being able to address, uh, adjust my wardrobe to start to wear more pants to help me not have that natural stance to relocate yeah. my hands and things like that. So definitely be intentional to the people that you are serving and encountering because that's how they're experiencing you. It doesn't mean you're yeah. not being yourself, but um, we don't get to be hermits in our profession. So it, yeah. it really is important to be able to adapt to uh, certain situations. There is a level of authenticity, but again, there is also a level of respect when you are sharing a space with folks. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think both of those are very uh, important to me and the humanity of the people that I get to encounter is very, very important to me too. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I love it. All that you stated. Yeah. Do you feel that this promotion is different? You Clearly you've had promotions before, but what's different about this one? Different. I was in the same district for many years, 20 plus. So it's different because it's a whole different environment. I don't know anybody. I don't have any grounding in the way of connection with anybody, right? Yeah. The, even the area is new to me. So that's a huge difference. And I think that there's a scripture in the Bible about God expanding your territory. Yeah. Um, and it, it also internally, you get into a space and a level of comfort that mm. people who are familiar with you keep you in. Yeah. Um, and as you said, gas you up, you know, yeah. put, yeah. put you in spaces that they know you can perform. And for me, it's like, okay, I'm somewhere completely different, God. Am I really as good as I've been gassed up to believe? Wow. Right? Are my are my skill sets really what they are? And so for me, it's it's refreshing to see that maybe it is really just the truth about who I am. I love so it. that's been something that it's been refreshing and anchoring. And I think that's really important so that you, as this whole transition of being in a new space, also yeah. comes with some things to to let go, right? And mm. some insecurities of trying to mentally be in two places at one time and mm. being okay mm -hmm. with leaving a space, right? Um, it's really hard. It, and it does something to you mentally that I don't think you can really prepare for until you experience it. Yeah. Um, and not letting that be uh, a hold. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it can take a toll. Cause when I when I talk to, to my friends in the space that I left and I know how hard they're working and some of the things that I could I could have done or used to do to relieve yeah. some of the stress that they're mm. still experiencing comes with a, a level of 
Yeah. That I, yeah. I can't help. There, there is nothing that I can do in the way of relieving it other than being a sounding board and, and, and encouraging. And mm-hmm. in this still new space, six, seven weeks of transition, that's really hard for me because yeah. I ride for my mm-hmm. folks and it is, it's hard to, to transition into that, that new role of who I am for even for them. Right. In that yeah. room. So that's been, um, an adjustment in learning to, to be a different kind of support. I can't always be a doer now. Right. And yeah. so I'm being stretched and grown and, it, and it's intentional. And I thank God for it because I think sometimes when you sit too long in yep. some spaces, you, you start to believe that's who and all you are. Yep. Right. Um, and so again, every day, my prayer is to, to do what he needs me to do. Absolutely. Right. And, and to serve. And yeah. that, that service too starts with yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and oftentimes as a doer, as a mother, as a black woman, just, we're just lumped in yeah. um, a space to a confine of what society and, and other people deem you to be and just to be open to, to that change and what it now looks like, um, yeah. a level of uncomfortableness, but, um, I think it's good. It's scary yeah. some days and it gets to me more than others uh, for sure. But I'm really walking in that space of not being such a doer, but being open to to transitioning into to the newer, newer me. Yeah, this version of you. And mm-hmm. I like that you said it's still you. You know what I mean? It's It's very much still you. And sometimes you could be made to feel if you're not careful that you're not a good fit or that you're not a good match, but because you feel like you're less of you, but no, 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 I'm stretching. I love that you use the word stretching. I'm also loving because you low key are ministering to me. I love the fact that you spoke to being in that space of familiarity where the people who you love and trust that have been riding with you for some time now have to watch you exercise those gifts in a different space. And sometimes we feel a little guilty on how much energy and investment we made in that former space because people will articulate how much they missed having you there, you know? And it's no longer appropriate for me to fill that space in their life anymore. And it's not that I'm cutting you off completely, but the relationship has to change. And we don't just experience that with professional promotions. As a mother, we have grown kids and my role has changed. My role has changed. And did I teach him enough? What does he really believe? What does she really desire in life? You know, also, is it okay that I'm enjoying being gone? (laughs) Is it okay that watching you grow and go also gives me an opportunity to grow and go and expand because we, we hold this role as mother. We hold this role as teacher. We hold this role as whatever your position was with whoever, even in ministry, you know, when it's time for me to elevate, there are people 
that I've got to leave behind. And it's not because I'm bigger or better than you. I'm in a different space. And the capacity that I'm here to serve requires my attention in this area. And I can't focus over here anymore. And so that requires a whole different level of prayer and supplication. Because when I tell you that that tear, that tear of, I, I love them and I love this, but I have to breathe into this. Where is that balance? Where is that safety net for me? Because I'm torn. So talk to me about what are you doing to bridge that and to grow into this new role while your heart and your mind and your habits, honestly, are also still where you spent the majority of your, your career and your time. I absolutely have to say that my village from day one has been very supportive. Talk to um, me. Yes. Like it, I, you know, those key players who, uh, I guess had the, the control, right. Yeah. Of really allowing this process to happen or not have been very supportive. I love that. Um, and I, and I think that they saw me in this role before I even saw myself fully yep. in that my guilt is probably 100% just me, right? Mm. Um, being okay with with taking the leap, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I guess always on paper, hmm, sure. Yeah. At least worthy of an interview. I had no yeah. doubt in that part, but seriously going into it, I never thought. I would get the job in all honesty. Not that I girl, I every last one of us was like, she gone. <laughs> but I didn't have that. I didn't have that thought. I will tell you that my husband really had to make me do a, a strong pro and con list, right? Yeah. Because again, yeah. I'm I'm I was comfortable. I am not driven by money, even though yeah. I guess I should be, right? So he was like, What do you have to lose by trying? Yeah. That was his question for me. And I, I couldn't answer it with a negative. So I yeah. had to try. My thing was, is the application going to take too long? I haven't updated my resume. I need to do this in a quick turnaround. But he was like, logistically, that'll take you, what, an hour? Yeah. We can do that on Sunday after church. Ooh, like I he had an it. answer for like all the things. My boss yeah. said I could try. My superintendent said I could, should try. Like I, I didn't have a, a negative in the way. Um, my parents, my my siblings were very supportive and encouraging. My inner circle, yes, go for it. So like all the people that I normally tap into about before I do certain things. And I also, in my prayer was, God, make it very plain. If this is not for mm -hmm. me, let me see the things that yeah. would keep me from it. And I, I, I pray specifically, let me feel the energy, right? Let me feel the energy of the room, of the people I'm interacting from, the receptionist to the, all the things. Cause you know, I'm driving 45 minutes to an hour to work yeah. now. So far away from people. And I want to be in a space that, that, feels good right yeah for sure um, and and nothing in the process was hard it, it uh -huh. just it wasn't the energy was good the the people very welcomed me I heard over and over be yourself mm. um, even from from my new work family so uh -huh. that even feeling are you enough in filling out the environment it's still not that 
walk in, be reserved me kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Of course, you're still getting your footing and learning the things, but it's not at that typical level because the demographic is very different. You know, mm-hmm. it's still not that uncertainty that I, I assume that I would feel. Yeah. Um, I love that. I so love I, that. I love yeah. that. Sometimes we do that. We will make it worse in our head. Like there's a narrative that we painted that is so inaccurate to the truth. And when we're just obedient, it works out. And even their, their Microsoft, you, you love this, their Microsoft district. So that was one of my, no, like seriously though, <laughs> there is one of my fears because I'm going to be expected to be able yeah. to see. And I was like, Lord, if they are an Apple district, I'm going to struggle. And then I'm not going to have people that I can go to and admit fully that I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to do that. And right. like, it's a Microsoft district. I don't have to relearn how to do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I just think about the preparedness and, and you mentioned something earlier and did I do enough? Right. So mm-hmm. the staff that I left, everybody came back. Right. Yep. I didn't lose yep. a team. I didn't lose a pair. So I, I, when you reflect and think about God in the way of he was preparing all of us, right. Ooh. Not only me, but my staff. So in, yes. in my absence, they still had each other of yeah. the things that we, we, we had planted together the seeds that we had started to water and, and the productivity that we were seeing the success yeah. that amidst my absence, they still have each other. And so for, sure. for me, that's helpful because even when they call me, I can say, Hey, so-and-so know how, how to do this. Right. Cause I was very intentional about as we were making change, they didn't know that they were my core leadership teacher leaders. Right. Yeah. But they were right. Yeah. And I was able to, to get some, some traction from my bosses to bring them together in the summertime to work as a core team together. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. that was amazing. That was instrumental because God was preparing all of us to be able to. And so that helped me able to, to walk away with some certainty of, okay, Mm -hmm. they can keep going because this person, Mm -hmm. this person, this person can do. Yeah. And so it, it was never really, Again, none of the things are about me, right? Yeah. It shouldn't be about any individual for right. me anyway. Right. So that was that was an assurance that I had mm-hmm. that he showed me that yeah, it's okay for you to to take and go because what yeah. you planted is still it's still rooted there. Yeah. Um, and it's enough to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. What I do want to highlight is when you were preparing your team. I love that you pointed out that God was preparing all of you, not just you. And I think that's very true because his plan is for people, not just a person, right? So when this was happening, when you were merging the skill sets for your team, this was before promotion was even a conversation, which really speaks to your diligence as a servant. And I think people could benefit from knowing that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men, right? And sometimes we are waiting for the glimpse of an opportunity before we exercise certain gifts because we want to showcase them in front of certain people. But David was a king as a shepherd. Yes. Okay. So those leadership skills, that ability to duplicate yourself, 
without the intimidation factor of whether or not these people will one day replace you. No, no, no. We're doing what's best for kids. We're doing what's best for the population. And I've got to model for you and disciple you in how to recreate this in my absence. So that way, not just one person has the knowledge, but now one more person who can teach another, can teach another, can teach another. And now we're all skilled in these areas to where anybody who interacts with us can benefit from that interaction. Meanwhile, there's a setup happening in the background to where you can leave and the work still be done because each of them has a piece of what you've been able to talk, teach them and model for them. And I, I really want people to hear that when you are authentic and pure in your intentions, when the game plan is growth for all, God will do a great thing for you because of that. You know what I mean? And, and, and it benefits everybody because not only did you receive the blessing, but your team, your team that you left behind, kids are still being serviced. People are still being helped and blessed because you did leave a legacy and you did it without a promotion in mind. You did it because it was good to do. And I think that life rewards our goodness. God will reward your goodness and your faithfulness. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that being your testimony that before you even knew, before this was even a conversation, you were really just working. You were just working and the kind of work that you do and the kind of person you are, your gift made room for you. Your gift made room for you. Absolutely. And, and as I tell folks, leave from right where you are. How can you serve and impact okay. right where you are? Not waiting for an opportunity there. What could be improved in the space that you share with yeah. other people? Yeah. You know, and, and that is always how I I work, right? Where, yeah. Wherever you are, what needs to be worked on and improved or have a conversation about? And, and that's where you lead, not in yeah. hopes. And I, I often see things like that folks move in silence and all of that kind of thing. But I think that for me and how I encounter my God, that it's the testimony, who you are and what he has for all of us and the gifts is to be shared, right? And when yeah. we don't share our stories and our experiences, and when we choose to move in silence, we we minimize yeah. his goodness and the opportunity to help somebody else know that they can keep going, yeah. right? And that your leadership path doesn't have to be the traditional one or the one that yeah. you were taught, right? Um, sure. I've not sought many jobs in my life. I, I just haven't. Just always wanted to be of service where I was. Mm -hmm. And if something was for me, make it plain, bring it to me. So I yeah. see it has been the way that I've moved. And it's steered me very well, right? Yeah. I have not often been on campuses where I haven't been able to grow or wrapped around people that have not inspired me, yeah, right? Or empowered me. And so I think that if we choose to to see those very opportunities where our feet are planted, that yeah. your your territory can can be grown in in a way that you didn't even think yeah, about. Because sure. again, that 
putting director in front of my name on my resume has not been a goal, right? It's been an wow. opportunity. Yeah. It's been yeah. an opportunity, right? And so I don't, again, it's always, like you said, it's about the work, right? And the impact that you can make, not the the title or the position, never yeah. for me. And I hope that if I get to that space, somebody reminds me, because I've honestly hit my head somewhere or drank it right, somewhere right, that I, right. I don't want to, to be intoxicated with, but it, we have to, it, service is the rent. What did Shirley Chisholm say? Service is the rent we pay for yeah. our space here on earth. Yeah. Um, and that's how I move it. And, and I thank my mama for that. That She'll remind you and that's how she reared us. Like it is your job to make the space that you enter better than you found it. Like you should be doing something for folks every day, for God's people every day to make their lives mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm often told that I'm so positive and, you know, again, we had 15 minutes to be stuck in something and yeah. you had two choices, create a plan to make it better or let it go. I love it. And that's just how I've operated. And even with my kiddo, when I was stuck, when he was 15, you know, I thank God for my husband who knows who I am and is yeah. not afraid to correct me. Yeah. That we were just in a, in a tug of war about him not making the choices of being the person I thought he should be. And it was me not giving him room to be who God had designed him to be Mm. and him following a path that I thought he should do. Right. And just Mm -hmm. being so hell bound on what he should be doing instead of supporting who he was and where he was. That conversation was, you do that so great professionally, but when you come home, hello, And so I had to really step back and examine who I was as a mother and Mm. decide, as my husband put it, is it more important for you to be right? Or is it more important for you to have a relationship with your child? Yeah. Right. And us help him navigate through his difficulties. Yeah. And I made the choice to, to parent and be the mother my child needed not to be right. And even now when people say, oh, you're so right. No, it's not about, I will correct you in that state. It is never about me being right. Yeah. Because I, like I want, I want, I want to be the support. And you're absolutely right. Navigating and being the mother of a 20 year old. Listen here. It's nice when he came home uh, late Thursday night, he looked so good. And all I could say is, look at you. It looks yeah. like you know what you're doing, taking care of yourself. Look at my baby. Yeah. You know? There's, you know, the police ain't calling, the university right, not right, calling. Right. We've had no crazy calls from girls saying nothing. So mm-hmm. listen, hey, it's working out. Right. And so maybe we did enough mm-hmm. to allow him to become who he is supposed to be and yeah. be a support, not be yeah. of judgment, not be of, I nudge, I ask questions. I'm a little invasive. I'm still a mama. But, yeah. you know, I respect if he chooses not to answer mm-hmm. those questions, but we have a pretty open relationship. And so I can get most of what I'm looking for. Yeah, for sure. No, to make sure that it's okay. So yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, has been a journey for me to, mm-hmm. to get to that space, but definitely grateful that I have a truth telling village, right? who is aware of my shortcomings and loves me enough to tell the truth. And so I say that too, even in leadership, wrap yourself around people who have different skills than you, right? Always give credit to the people who make the things happen. Yeah, Yeah. because I'm the director, my name's going to go on it, but I'm going to speak to who 
are the people that are actually doing the work. I had the mm. vision, they executed and made it a whole lot better than yeah. what was inside of my head. And I think that we need to do more of that in all facets of life, family, friends, like all of that in, in testimony and telling the truth about your experiences will, will help somebody. Absolutely mm -hmm. will help people. You know, when I listen on Thursday to you all, there, there are nuggets that you just need to be reminded of if we're moving in silence and not, not sharing who and what God is to us, yeah. we lose the opportunity to save some folks yeah. for some headache, spending too much time staying stuck in a thing, Yeah, right? And experiencing life in a way when they truly just don't have to, because yeah. we can service that encouragement. For sure, for sure. And for what we've been through, personally, professionally, or whatever, you know, I know for a fact, I can't be the only person to have benefited from the lessons that I've learned. So if I can help the next person circumvent some situations <laughs> just with a little bit of honesty and vulnerability, I'm willing to do that because I don't think anybody should cry the way I've cried. I don't think anybody should struggle the way I've struggled. So if I have a cheat code, if I truly want people to win, then why not share what that is? I think another thing that I want to honor you for is how you do admit that there are some people in your, in your circle who have helped push and serve as a catalyst to you getting here. Now, I will say this, there are people who <laughs> don't want you to win, you know? That's just the human experience. But you have allowed the voices of support and encouragement to be louder. And I really want people to embrace that truth that amidst adversity, in the presence of your enemy, of your opposition, you still have people rooting for you and you get to decide which voice is louder. And oftentimes we will internalize the hate we will feel like we can't. We will feel like we're less than because of the three people who had something crazy to say or had a nasty email to send or who sent us a text and an eye roll emoji, right? But you've got this host of people, this cloud of witnesses who are actually rooting for your success and their voices should speak louder. So many people just live in defeat and walk in discouragement when they don't have to. You don't, because God, what's for you is for you. And even you can't unmanifest what God wants for you. If I'm doing something to you that's causing you that kind of disdain, you have a choice to make me aware and let us talk about it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't want to, that ain't my business. I just choose not to to spend a whole lot of energy in that kind of space with folks. And again, yeah. you know, come. what is the problem? What are your solutions? And I, I keep going back to my mama. She will tell you, child, is it going to matter in two minutes, mm. two hours, two days, two weeks, two That's months? That's a marriage tip right there. Let me write that down. Yeah. It's not like, going to matter. If, if it's not going to matter, if it is yeah. going to matter, that, that helps guide your choice to yeah, let sure. it go or to move towards a solution, right? Yeah. Some kind of solution, whether it's just internal for you to be able to deal with the reoccurrence or to go to the person or persons to create some kind of, of change. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just grateful to, to have that kind of mindset. And, you know, at 46 now, it's a lot of stuff that 
you know what? It's not, never mind. And I, it's just a let go. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm glad to to be in that space. There was some kind of mental release when I hit my 40s. Of, really? That just don't matter. Yeah, we we, we yes. can. We just, so when I just think about our ancestors, we go way, 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 way with that. Mm, like, really? listen, if they can survive that, there is no way. There is yeah. absolutely no way with this air conditioning and talking cars and all the things. Yes. That we can't figure out the things that are that mm. are plaguing or facing us. I just yeah. I we didn't even I just, have Google. Baby, you can just ask Siri to tell you all the things. You don't even really have to know. You just need to be able to formulate a question. Right? So I right. I just I don't I can't. I just yeah. I don't have that spirit of we can't make it better. Mm. And, and when you think that we can't, my question to you is always why? Why right. do you feel that way? Why do you feel like you have to stay stuck in any of your circumstances? Why? Because mm-hmm. like you said, it's absolute choices. Mama would say, just like you chose to be mad, you can choose to be happy. Find the, joy, find the joy in it. Because there is absolutely some. And even if it has to go to the very, very, th- that you have feelings, the fact that you can feel some kind of way about it means that you want to do better because it's a yeah. thought on your mind. Like she had... Uh, saying, you know, like when you used to say you're bored, that's a blessing. There's nothing pressing on your heart or in your life that is causing you any kind of discontent if you can choose to be bored. So, like, I really, I get that from my mama because she just- Your mama has all the one-liners. Let's just all all put that out there. She did not allow it. She just did not allow us to stay stuck Mm -hmm. in a thing, a circumstance, a choice, right? Yeah. And I just, I, I refuse, I refuse to do that. I just want to say that I adore you. You have come over here and blessed my life and course corrected things I haven't even talked to you about. And I'm so grateful. This was definitely a blessing to and for me. You are great. You're so Thank great. You. I will continue to gas you up. That's my role. Yes. Cause you know, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you're incredible and you're so worthy of this you're so worthy of this and i am honored to be among those who gets to observe and watch and walk this thing called life with you because that that speaks to my worthiness too thank you yeah and i feel the same it's hard to spend a lot of time on yourself right in the way of thinking about what you get to do every day, but I am grateful and I will continue to uh, do what I'm told to do. So that's Yay. just, Yay. You know, I'm going to move and love the people that God brings into my, um, my circle. I, appreciate I love you. it. I love it. Any parting words you have for us today, inspire us before we log off. Inspire you before we log off. Yeah. Let me go to work tomorrow. Listen, Walk into your gifts. Remember that the things that you encounter, you get to do. You Mm. have the opportunity to be better than you were yesterday. You have the opportunity to make yourself and somebody else feel better and to make any situation or circumstance better than you found it. So do something with that because somebody didn't wake up today. Somebody didn't take that opportunity. So it is your responsibility to honor Mm. the gifts in you and help inspire those people who might not see the gifts in themselves so that we can do his 
do his will in his work because that's the only reason we're here. Sometimes we get wrapped up in, in the things yeah. of this world, but we are here to serve God's people. It's ugly as some of them might be acting, but it is mm -hmm. still our job to ensure that we are all included, have a sense of belonging and, and have some dignity. So I say move with that intention and, and love the folks that you get to love, even the ones that don't want it. When I mm -hmm. tell people I love them, some of them say, no, you don't. You don't get to decide who I love. And yes, I do. So I love you in the words of one of my favorite sores, doc, the Dr. Conda Ross. If nobody's told you that they love you, I'm telling you. And remember to tell yourself that and somebody else. Melody Bradley, everybody. Standing ovation, Melody Bradley, everybody. <laughs> you can find her on Facebook and on on and on no Instagram. I've been trying to get her on Instagram. We gonna figure it out. I will. My husband does too, her. but I I can't. I, I'm can't. I need some words. I like words. And Instagram is just pictures, so they don't do a lot. But you take great pictures. Yeah, they a struggle though. It's hard. Oh but the one you get to see is probably the twentieth one. It's a struggle. Bye. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I cannot thank you enough for your love and support. Seriously, it means the world to me. So however you are tuning into this podcast, whether it's Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, maybe you're even watching the video version of this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. That way you'll be alerted every time a new episode drops. So again, I want to say thank you for being such an amazing community. We'll see you next time.